I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Fabulous fifth hour on a Tuesday. I'm going to start uh, bringing you guys a piece of good news to start our fabulous fifth hour, Rod, each day. About this story from uh, Nebraska, 23-year-old guy who got a new dog when he was 13 named Patches. Okay, Patches the dog. Four years ago, while a friend was taking care of the dog, Patches ran off. Haven't been able to find her. Wow. Just this weekend, someone in New Mexico found Patches 600 miles away from where she disappeared and uh, returned the dog to the guy in Nebraska. Mm, See? That's nice. Come on, man. Yeah. It's a cool story. Got to have the dog. Yeah. It's a pretty cool story. Four years later. How cool would that be? Uh, patches, because when you get the dog when you're 13, that's a that's a that's a best friend for sure. 13 years old, you mm-hmm. have the dog for six or seven years and it disappears. It comes back. That's a good thing. Good for him. It's good, good for stuff. that guy. Yeah, it's a good quality, quality uh, feel good story there. It's a good one to start the fabulous fifth hour as we crank this thing up. We're talking Super Bowl, the Chiefs in a parade, the Niners trying to pick up the pieces one more time. Uh, it is that's I mean that game itself and the last two Super Bowls and really a lot of these games, Rod. It's it's the definition of the thrill of victory and the agony of, of defeat. I mean, it's uh, the the thrill of Kansas City uh, and then the agony of the Niners who, you know, a couple of plays here and there, right? The game of inches that football is, you know, it's brutal. Uh, and for your guy, Kyle Shanahan, it's another offseason to uh, to wonder. Meanwhile, it's another offseason for the Chiefs to get better and for the other 31 teams to say, you know what? How do we go beat that team? How do we chase them down? How do we find a way? I think the team, if you ask me which team has to be the most confident that they can beat them, it would be the Bengals. It would be Cincinnati because um, yeah. they've done it. I mean, they're That's the one true. team because Tom Brady was the other guy that did it, and he's gone. He's retired. But if you're in Cincinnati and you have a guy named Joe Cool Burrow, you know, I don't know if you're going to beat him, but you can at least tell yourself we've done it, and we have the, uh, we've got Jamar Chase, and we've got a team that can beat that squad. Uh, everyone else is trying to figure it out. No, you're right. I mean, nobody's ever been able to really been able to do it except for those two teams in the playoffs when it matters. Uh, I just think it's a lot of teams that, you know, they have a they have some of the pieces and elements needed to beat Kansas City to thwart this dynastic run. Um, but I just don't think they have it all. I mean, I just went through it. They got the best quarterback in the league, arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Now he's on that kind of trajectory. They got the best head coach now in the league. Andy Reid's now the best head coach in NFL. Nobody would argue with that. Brett Veach is the best general manager in the league. And Steve Spagnuolo, just broke down for you guys, is the best defensive coordinator in the league. He's the best defensive coordinator in the league right now. I don't know how you, do, I don't know how you beat that. And I don't know how you beat that when they check all those boxes. You can have a better team. 49ers had a better team. 49ers had more all pros. They have more elite dudes over, uh, all throughout their roster than Kansas City. But not those four positions. If you look at it, defensive coordinator, your head coach and your play caller, your quarterback, and your GM. Those are the four most important elements to a football team, arguably. I think, they- And they're the best in the league at all four. Yeah. And they're not leaving. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, in Baltimore, they had a historically good year in the regular season and into the playoffs, but they lost their defensive coordinator who's yeah. taking some guys with him. Uh, you know, typically when you get to this point, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has his, his staff rated every offseason. Look at the Ravens. The Ravens are like four, four guys in the front office. But I just said, yeah, Baltimore had a great yeah. year. But meanwhile, the Chiefs just keep on rolling. Steve Spagnuolo's got no interest in leaving. He's been a head coach before. He's running the defense. And you're right. I mean, at every level they have the answer. And, you know, you can argue which is – I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands on every play, so it's the most important. But um, you go back to 2022 when everyone was shocked that they traded Tyreek Hill uh, for the draft picks that they did. But every, almost every one of those draft picks has hit and been become a key player for them. To your point about Brett Veach, mm-hmm. 
uh, constructing this roster. Why do they have one of the youngest defenses in the NFL? Is because of that draft, Rod, when they drafted Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, yep. Leo Chanel, the starting linebacker, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, their starting running back, Brian Cook, their starting safety. I mean, this is – when your GM can make a move like that, trade a, 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 an all-pro player mm-hmm. as an asset to say, you know what, we got to get faster and better on defense – and let's do it with Tyree Kill. Essentially, you know, that and a couple of signings. That's how they built that defense, Rod. I mean, that's, that's great general manager work, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's how you, you, you take an asset and turn it into five, real, five or six really good players that help you win a Super Bowl. And as long as uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is not only the best quarterback in the league but willing to take less money than he's value, man, they're going to be really, really difficult to go get because they're going to keep the, uh, the continuity on their coaching staff. Now, Brett Veach is going to go draft another crop of young players, which I'm sure he's going to do a great job of. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to fix the weapons. They're going to fix the offense, I think, and, and add some pieces. Doesn't take many, Rod. I mean, you had a, a veteran receiver and draft one. All of a sudden, and Rache Rice is there. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco is your lead running back. Uh, all of a sudden, look out. Uh, Chiefs come back as the prohibitive favorites once again. Yeah. No, it's it. it I, I can see it happening because we've seen Brett Veach in multiple offseasons now pick essentially a problem position. This has been problematic for him, and that's what he does in the offseason. He just, re, he just reinvents it. He just overhauls the entire position. He did it with the O-line uh, right after that, that loss to the Bucks in the Super Bowl, and he did it with the defense two years ago, most specifically the defensive backfield a couple of years ago uh, with the draft. Ended up drafting, I mean, what, four defenders that ended up playing, either being starters or guys who are giving you, like, important impact reps uh, as young defenders, and now they've – he reinvented the defense. Now they got to sign Chris Jones because going back and rewatching that game, guys, I mean, there's so many big plays that were just taken off the board by Chris Jones. I mean, that Debo Samuel had a wide open touchdown. Purdy missed him, but I don't think Purdy would miss him if Chris Jones wasn't in his face. Yep. I think if Chris Jones had been a half a second, half a step behind, I think Purdy might put that ball on the money and Debo scores a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a touchdown that he was open for. Here comes Chris freaking Jones in Brock Purdy's face. Not enough time to, to – if he had enough time to scan the field just a little, a little – half a second longer, boom, he sees Ayuk, and that's a touchdown for Brandon Ayuk. He doesn't because Chris Jones is in his freaking face. It is it, – I mean, he was so big in that game. But think about it. He was – in two of their Super Bowl wins, they don't win without Chris Jones. I know. That's a fact. Because I remember the plays he made in those games. Well, I know coming in here yesterday morning, I was one of the first comments I made at 6 o'clock was, man, Chris Jones was a monster. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, you love Patrick Mahomes. You love what he does, Andy yep. Reid. But, man, Chris Jones. Zero sacks, just, just presence. Just presence. Presence and disruption. pressure. Disruption. <laughs> yeah. uh, and on huge moments. Huge yes. moments where yeah. Touchdowns, guys. Those are touchdowns off this, the board. Right, and this is why I say your, your guy Kyle Shanahan won't be sleeping much. Because those are the ones that keep you up at night. Just like, God dang, we dialed up the perfect play. We had it. And uh, that guy, that's, that's what makes – that's why they're, he's going to get a huge contract because those, those, those game wreckers are worth they're, – they're hugely valuable, right? Especially ones that, that do it consistently like Chris Jones does. Oh, man. I mean, he did it last year in the FC Championship game. I mean, almost single-handedly can, can wreck your game plan because he's such a great interior pass rusher. Yep. And you can move him up and down the line. And I think that's what Spags counts on. Spags like, listen, I'm going to bring pressure. But I know my pressure will work because that guy's gonna get his own pressure. He's gonna he's gonna blow it up himself. He's a war daddy. So when I bring in more pressure for the O line, the pass protection to account for, they already gotta devote most of their resources to stopping that dude. And when they don't, what does he do? Yeah. Wreck the damn play. Oh. And so he basically, basically what Spags does is just double down on how good Chris Jones is. He does. He just doubles down. Which on him. and remember he had the holdout this year, and then they gave him the one year contract. So they've got to get him locked up. Uh, you wonder if they'll franchise tag him uh, or Legereus Sneed. They could use him. the tag. Just pay no, no, him. Don't because guys don't like franchise tags. Then he'll be no, disgruntled and displeased. No, no, just pay him. He's worth it. 100% worth He's it. He's worth it. Just pay him. Agreed. And I think is the way you, you started that is, is actually true. That's what all the other 31 teams are they're thinking. Look, they've got the best coach, quarterback, general manager, defensive coordinator in this league. Uh, who else can even come close to that? Uh, Niners, right? Niners with nice. a great coach, yeah. great right. general manager, a lot of talent. Um, and, you know, their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, I think could be be upgraded. But at the same time, um, but they've had two shots at him in the Super Bowl. Haven't yeah. gotten it done. I mean, and that's – I mean, the, the only, I mean I, I'll say this. I'm a fan of the Houston Texans, and you are too. But the team that, that is unknown 
that maybe with what we saw from D'Amico Ryans in year one and C.J. Stroud and what uh, Nick Casario has done since taking full control of the front mm-hmm. office, that Houston could be one of those rivals here coming in the future because, yep. you know, the year they just had and Nick Casario made all the right moves. If he can have another great offseason and D'Amico Ryans continues to, to win this locker room and, you know, develop players like, he, like we saw him do in year one, all of a sudden you got Houston as a team. You say, okay, they've got an elite quarterback, elite coach, elite general manager, um, you know, and can D'Amico Ryans, which we think he can, build up the defense yeah. to have an elite defense. So Houston can be in that conversation. Buffalo's been in the conversation for years. They just can't get past the guy. No. Baltimore. Um, you know, you're going to look down and see what uh, Jim Harbaugh does with the Chargers. Chargers already have a really good roster and potentially an elite quarterback in Justin Herbert. But, um, you know, the, 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 the list is low. I mean, I would also put – the Detroit Lions in this conversation over in the NFC. Can they take another step forward after the great offseason they had? Um, you know, Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. But man, so uh, do I do I trust Jared Goff? No. To to get into a game and put his put a cape on nope. and go up against Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure. Same thing with Brock Purdy. Right? I was like, right. I like Brock Purdy. I do. I like him. I think he's I think he's really good. I love the story. He just, he wasn't ready to put a cape on against Patrick Mahomes. No, he wasn't. There were a couple of times where he needed to put a cape on. And I don't know if Brock Purdy's capable of that. And that's why the Joe Burrow thing, you make a good point, because you do need your quarterback at one point. Just I need you to go out there and just make plays. Which I Joe Burrow did. And just Joe Burrow did, right? And just go out there and just make some plays. Lamar Jackson, he's, he's, he's capable of it. Didn't but he, it. he didn't put the cape on. Josh Allen, capable of it. He didn't put the cape on. You, so, first thing you've got to have is a quarterback that, that can put the cape on like Patrick Mahomes and put the team on his back. As long as you got that, you got a shot, I don't know if Purdy is that. Yeah. That's the thing about well, the I 49ers. I don't know. I don't know if their formula. I don't know if their system is meant to have that kind of quarterback. They drafted Trey Lance. They thought, all right, let's let's try to get one of these high level quarterbacks, man, with ext- with extremely high upside. Didn't work out for them. So now they're back to kind of their types of court, their system quarterback, which is I need you to be a point guard and manage this game. But you ain't gonna beat Patrick Mahomes with a point well, guard managing the game. That's why I would put Houston there because if C.J. Stroud continues yes. on his path, he can be that player. I'd put him to Green Bay after what we saw the Packers like do this year. Yep, Jordan, Jordan Love, he takes mm-hmm. keeps, keeps taking steps. I agree with that. He looks like he could be a quarterback that puts on that cape, right? Yeah, I agree with that. In the future. Yeah. And uh, one of the youngest teams in pro football. I mean, we're not counting the Cowboys because right now the, Dak Prescott has shown an absolute inability to – even have a cape, much less put it on. I don't know if he, <laughs> uh, he, he yeah, because the cape is for postseason. I'm sorry, you can't put no the cape in regular season. No. You don't need it. No, that's yeah. Lamar Jackson and that's Dak Prescott. Yeah, like nah, man. And I would say this, Josh Allen. I've seen him put a cape on even in the postseason, and then his defense let him down. I've seen that a couple that's times true. now. That's true. Where he's done everything he could possibly do, and and couldn't get it. But this is the year the Bills had them at home, yep. uh, as a as a favorite. Mm-hmm. And they still couldn't finish the deal, and so that's where. And the Packers got a, they got a lot of draft picks in this trade. I go find that I, I I saw that somewhere, and now I can't find it. But they got a they got a real chance to turn the corner this year too. You're right about that. Uh, but how about this? And there that division has been since Aaron Rodgers moved on. It, it was seen as wide open. But look, the Lions are now a power in the NFC. Yes, the, they are. Here come the Packers. They ain't going nowhere. Um, you know. Vikings, they got to figure out the Kirk Cousins thing, that they got some young talent. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll see what the Bears do. I think a lot of people think the Bears, if, if they can hit, uh, hit this offseason. No, I don't trust that organization. I don't I'm either. sorry. I, I, the Packers organization, I trust them. I do. I don't trust the Bears. Yeah, but no. well, look, look, if they land Caleb Williams and they've got another top 10 pick from you gotta a year ago. you got to show it to me. you got to show it oh, to me. Oh, for though. sure. Yeah, for sure. Because that, that organization has proven time and time again that they are dysfunctional. I'm just saying that the division is going to be tougher. Uh, oh, it's yeah, getting it's tougher. tougher. Yeah. Uh, because it was it was Detroit kind of easily this year because of the, once Kirk Cousins got hurt and the Packers got off to such a slow start. Um, you know, But, yeah, I think the Packers are the team in the NFC that are absolutely buying stock in that. because, yeah, because they don't have to pay their quarterback big money. Right? They, Jordan Love ain't going to get big money when he gets paid. Well, he, they got to pay him. I mean, this is going to be the offseason to get that done. Yeah, but they won't have to pay him. He won't be the, be the highest-paid no. quarterback in the league or one of those guys. They'll just have to pay him no. legitimate franchise quarterback money. So they'll get a discount there. Well, a lot of teams don't have that discount. The Texans have the discount because they got him on a rookie deal. Sure. But that's 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 going to be half the battle for a lot of teams in terms of stacking the roster. Here is right. The Packers, they got five picks, guys, in the top 100 in the draft. Yeah, that should be five, five good players the, the way they draft. Five in the top 100. So, the, you know, the Bears got a lot of picks, but that could end up being – if they hit it, they hit this draft. They do really well, which Brian Gunkus is one of the best GMs in the league. They could be in that conversation because they could end up being a lot of good quality young players. They already, what you said, they were the youngest playoff team. Yep. 
this year? No, that, that's a stock to buy. Uh, and as you're right, I mean, it, let's, let's see. The, the, the Packers will not do like the Cowboys did with Jordan Love and wait to pay him. They're going to pay him as quickly as they can because yep. it'll be cheaper. <laughs> it's cheaper exactly. now than it will like be. He's already balling. Like, no, we won't yeah, now. Yeah, we, we trust him. Yep. Uh, we're going to invest. So, yes, that is a team. And, I, I, you know, to your point about Jared Goff and the Lions, can he put on a cape? I mean, Jared Goff – is a real good player. Um, you know, I think he's he, he has. But again, that's 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 the recipe to beat that team. Last year, it felt like the Eagles had a guy wearing a cape and Jalen Hurts, and he played like it. He did in that Super Bowl, he did. and they still couldn't beat him. He still couldn't. And a twenty-four to fourteen lead. Because of corn dog, they got beat because of corn, corn dog. dog twice. Corn dog and Two a punt, corn, corn dog and a punt return and a defensive holding call. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because the Eagles went into the offseason last year feeling just like the Niners do. That oh my gosh. How and we not, so damn how close. the hell did we not win that football game? Yep, and then, uh, and now you realize you're farther away than you thought. If you're the Eagles, you're like we thought we were close, and like I guess we weren't as close as we thought. And that'll be the because I think that's a real fascinating thing to follow for your guys Shanahan in San Francisco is how they react to this because this was this was the all in year. Uh, I I, oh, yeah. I don't you know could there be some dysfunction? Who knows? I mean because uh, people are be questioning Shanahan about his overtime knowledge and those kind of things. It's gonna happen. It's gonna the, you know the, these. He deserves that criticism. And look, I mean, the comparison you made last week, and we talked about earlier, to Andy Reid in his, you know, over a four-year period in Philadelphia when he lost in three NFC Championship games and lost in a Super Bowl, and to Tom Brady. Yes, and it's, you know, it, at some point, it was just, you know, Andy, we love you, but we got we to gotta try something different. You can't win the big one, man. It's pretty obvious. You can't win it. And then he got to Kansas City where they were happy to have him and, you know, couldn't win the big one with Alex Smith. And then all of a sudden, his general manager says, hey, I'm going to pound the table and we need to draft this guy, Patrick Mahomes. Rest is history, and now he is Mr. He's Mr. Big Game, yeah. corn dog. Well, now you're talking about him. He's going to end up being the greatest coach of all time. Uh, a, 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 a the right quarterback can really change your fortune as a franchise and as a coach, and I believe that's going to be the case for Shano. I hate to say it, but I do believe Shano's going to win his first Super Bowl later on. Um, maybe with a different organization. Maybe with a different quarterback. Period. Yeah. And I, even once they're done with the Brock Purdy, I mean, think about that. I mean, we're talking about Andy Reid, guys. He went through. He, he got his first Super Bowl. What, fifteen years after the narrative was already set about him? Yeah, that he couldn't win the big one. Yeah. So I hate to say it, but Shano might just be an older man. It just, I, I thought it would happen when he was a young man. I'm sure Andy Reid did too. He's like, hey, well, I thought I was gonna win. I thought I was gonna win that Super Bowl when I was a young man with Philadelphia. It didn't happen that way. I think Shano's trajectory is taking him on a very similar track where he may need a new quarterback, and you might be right. Maybe a new organization too. Down the road. I mean, I don't road. think it needs to happen this offseason, but at the same time, it took Andy Reid. You know, just yeah. Because I remember talking to my brother, lives up in that area, and he said, you know, we know he's a real good coach. He does he's not. He's not giving a reason to fire him, but at the same time, we got to try something different. Got you just, to. You got to. Definition of insanity. Yeah. Is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting yeah. different results. That'll be interesting this off season what they do in San Francisco. I mean, yeah. They, what's they the got, tweak? Got, I don't know what the tweak what's is. The tweak and what's the? Because remember, this is the year they they new they, DC. They maybe maybe new DC is a good tweak. I mean, they tra- they they drafted they traded for Chase Young. The, I mean, this was the Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this was the final piece and the pieces, and you were there, and it didn't happen. And the Chiefs have another one. So, you know, the, yeah, he the, traded for Chase Young. I know, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I forgot, um, I forgot about that. He was great. Chase Young played great in the he game. He played great in the <laughs> game. Oh, he actually had a really good game, too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a challenge, and that's the challenge for all the teams in this league. And I, uh, I think the short list of who can go there are the Texans. I still think about Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to put Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers in there because I think Jim Harbaugh is that good of a coach. And I think Justin Herbert has a chance to be that good of a player playing for that coach that in the coming years they can be a real challenge if he gets that defense fixed, um, <sighs> that they can be a real challenge to the Chiefs in the AFC. And then the NFC, it's, it's as we said, I think it's the Packers. Uh, I think it's – you'll see what the Eagles do. I'm still not giving up on Jalen Hurts, but, you know, can they get things retooled with, with Kellen Moore and now Vic Fangio trying to get that, uh, that thing back? That's still a very talented roster in Philadelphia. It is. And Howie Roseman's a very good general manager. Yes, he is. He's very good. And, you know, those, all those Georgia players he's drafted, those guys are going to grow up. Those guys are going to mature and become better. So, I mean, I think the, the Eagles I still have to put in there because I've seen Jalen Hurts do it. I know he didn't do it this year. I know he didn't have a great year, and, and there were some injuries there, and then there was the, the new offensive coordinator. But the fact that we've seen him ball out and put on that cape in the Super Bowl and seen him you know, play to an MVP level, it's there, right? And uh, mm-hmm. you just got to get it out of him. I, you know, we haven't seen that from Dak Prescott. We, you know, we, we don't know about Brock Purdy. But, the, boy, the Jordan Love ascent at the end of last this year tells you that's going to be a handful of a team yeah, uh, coming this way. And, yeah, and, but if you're in Cincinnati, Rod, you've you got to figure out how to get Joe Burrow healthy. 
and make sure when, how many years at training camp has he hurt or has appendix taken out or uh, coming off a knee injury? It's like, man, you, this guy Joe Burrow is really good, but we got to get him, we got to keep him upright. Yeah, and the thing about uh, the Cincinnati, they they finally paid Burrow too. They did, and so they're, they're going to lose T. Higgins. Time. Yeah, they're they're running out of time to stock that roster the way they want to because they don't have that discount anymore. A little worried about that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I don't like his OC hire. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it's a, that was a bad hire. Greg by Roman, him. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a bad hire by him, and I think it's gonna take him a couple of years to figure out that's not a, that's not the right hire for you because you got to hire the right guy for Justin Herbert, and you just hired the right guy for your offense. You can't run your necessarily just run your offense with Justin Herbert. You want to tweak things, and I don't like Greg. I don't think Greg Roman's style is compatible with Justin Herbert. I don't like that. That'll be interesting. And, yeah. you know, he's going to have to convert to the style of the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, what does that look like? But, uh, you know, obviously Jim Harbaugh's going to go with the guy he trusts and has worked with before. That could be a detriment to where he wants. I think it could be. I, I like the defense he brought in. He, he's bringing in a new defensive guy, though, right? That's basically he's bringing in. Bringing in his Michigan. Jesse Minter. Yeah, he's yeah. bringing in his own guy, which is a new guy. Yeah. Remember, he, he had Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter. So I like that. It's kind of new age and modern. Greg Roman. Ugh. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't think he's a bad OC, but – Guys, that is not a fit for Herbert in that offense. But, it is yeah, not. No, because Greg Roman was, you know, He's a Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Lamar Jackson's first MVP. Think of those offenses. You go, yeah. okay, that's a Greg Roman offense. Have we seen a Greg Roman offense with a straight drop back quarterback? Nope. Not that I can recall. Not, that I, not a good one. Not a good one anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what, what, what is the style of offense going to be, right? I mean, there's already been talk uh, immediately that they're going to go after Saquon Barkley. In uh, in free agency, that would be sexy. Which because because Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh is going to run the ball. That would be sexy. I mean that you mean you see his Michigan teams, you saw his 49er teams. It's going to be a smash mouth in your face kind of football, which Greg Roman does specialize in. And I guess the argument would be that that you got Justin Herbert likely playing off play action, right? Getting a yeah. lot of play action opportunities. That makes sense. The big arm. Yeah. Uh, simplify things for him. Don't put it all on his plate, and uh, we'll see. But I do. I just have a, a high opinion of, of Jim Harbaugh, so I, I do. do I'm going to put them in that conversation. We don't know about his general manager yet because he brought he came in from Baltimore where his brother was uh, that that usually those guys know no ball uh, but yes because you're looking for teams right you're looking for teams that can can get after it we'll see I just don't um, see how the Texans can be in that conversation why we're like a two years it's been next year draft that defense was pretty bad what was it? And lack of weapons. The, they got the quarterback. The you got, well, got I mean, the, quarterback the argument is this. Out. The argument is this. We got the quarterback. They got the quarterback figured out, and they went. They won ten games, won a division, and won a playoff game. And defense in the worst, and offense in the worst division. But yes, no. I, the, the young, promising quarterback. That's the hardest part. But I, I think they're probably and, and, three or four and, years away from being considered oh, Super Bowl contenders. And coach of the year. I mean, you, so you have an elite yes. coach with an elite quarterback, and you've got a general manager just you know pulled all the right move, pulled all the right, pushed all the right buttons, and now you have off season worth seventy million dollars worth of cap space to fill fill gaps and add pieces. I mean, Ty, that's not that far. Would you, would you put the Texans uh, their chances more than the Cowboys right now of reaching the yes. Super Bowl? Yes. Come on, Ooh. the Cowboys had the most All Pros. We've been talking like it, the talent's uh. there. Yeah, okay. I'm there's other issues, there's other issues. I, well, the the, the Cowboys are exponentially more talented than the Texans are right now. The Texans played harder and they were coached better, and they had a young quarterback that that obviously I would take over Dak Prescott right now. But I, I, I don't see a world where the Texans make it to the Super Bowl in the next three don't years. They play, don't they play next year? They do. I'm, I'm pushing I'm, I'm forward to be on Thanksgiving. Okay. That'd be awesome. I needed to be on Thanksgiving. Uh, at, so we can at, at tie up once and for all uh-huh. next season. Hey, right? I'm, I'm the biggest. Cow- I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm also the biggest Cowboys hater. I still, I don't agree with you on on that on that point. I don't. Well, look, I mean, if, if we're going to put the Packers into that conversation, the Packers went nine and eight this year. I also they- don't think the Packers should be in that conversation. Uh, the, yes, they oh, they beat the Cowboys you're, up. You're but- looking. We're they, looking for rising teams. We're looking yes. for teams who are rising. Well, yeah, but you don't want to take six weeks out of the year and be like, Jordan loves a great quarterback when he was subpar every other opportunity he's gotten before that. Yeah, he's, he's rising. Well, this is his first, first year as a starter. I mean, he, this was the first time he had a chance to get on the field and show it. Uh, look, but he, I mean, was, I, he was terrible for most of the year. He obviously he finished here and he was probably one of the best quarterbacks in the last seven weeks. Yeah, he, but he was he was like he was like a top ten quarterback actually last like seven weeks. Yeah, weeks that's I mean that's the conversation, yeah, right? I mean, and a, and a top ten. QB. Well, look, the Chargers didn't even make the playoffs, but I'm giving the credit that he's got a talented quarterback and they just hired a great coach. Uh, and look, I mean, to, to the point of the Texans, you know, if you have the the rookies of the year on both sides of the ball uh, and you have the coach of the year and the general manager who made all those moves, you're going in a really good direction. 
uh, that I mean, is, it, is it a guarantee they're going to be taking that next step? No. But if you're, I mean, this is like anybody, if you're working in the stock market, you're looking for a rising stock, Rod. Mm-hmm. That's a rising stock. Yeah. Cowboys have had eight years of Dak Prescott to make a move, and they haven't done it. The, jo- the Josh Allen-led Bills have had year over and over again and haven't done it. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence was a guy we were talking about last year at this time being that conversation, but they took a big step back. Doesn't mean they can't get back into the conversation. But no, I don't. I, I mean, Ty acts like the Texans are a mile away. Texans got off to a bad start and still won ten games, won a division, and beat the number one defense in a playoff game, uh, and then lost to the Ravens. I mean, that's that's a great first step. But the next step is what? Get twelve wins, win the division, uh, host a playoff game, uh, which which again you're you're a step away from playing to go to the Super Bowl if you put those numbers on the board. So I don't think they're that far away. Yeah, I'll and they have an elite young quarterback. I'll say this: I, I first, I don't think anybody's close to the Chiefs. I said at the beginning of the show, I said nobody's close. Everybody thinks they're close. They're not close. But the whole year, the narrative with the Chiefs is that they've fallen off and they they don't their offense isn't you know but equipped no, the, to the, win a Super narr- Bowl this year. The, narr- the narrative was that this was a down year for them, and I still think it is. I do too. This I is still think it is. I think it is a down year for them. That's why nobody's close, Ty. <laughs> so I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually agreeing with you. And my point is like all these teams we're talking about, they're supposed to be close. The Ravens, the 49ers, they're not that close. The 49ers, in my opinion, outcoached and outplayed them for three quarters of that game. And then the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter in overtime, that's where they won that game. That's when they outplayed the that. 49ers. So my point is, I don't think, I don't think it's that close. I don't. I think there's a reason they own a dynastic run. The reason they're thinking about running three straight, because everybody else who we thought was close, the 49ers aren't. Right. The 49ers aren't close to beating the Chiefs. You can, maybe we can think that because they went to overtime, but they're not close to beating the Chiefs. In my opinion, well, I think the Chiefs be, are on a different level than everybody else right now. Well, now Kyle Shanahan's 0-4 in his in lifetime as a head coach against the Chiefs, uh, regular season or yeah. postseason now, twice in the Super Bowl. And that's why we're talking about Packers and, and Texans, because yeah. we're looking for who's that next? next. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Because everybody else has proven they're, they're, they're inadequate. They're not there yet. They're not there yet. And that's why I said We Joe, thought Baltimore was, oh, Baltimore's gangbuster, best defense we've seen in the NFL in 20 years, potentially. It's an awesome defense, led the NFL in sacks and takeaways and in um, scoring defense. I mean, they were legit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They, they weren't, they're not as close as we thought. Yeah, they were right. melting down. That's right. We're looking for the ne- – and that's so why we, we put Joe Burrow at the top yeah. of the list because the Bengals have done it. I mean, that's the one team outside of Tom Brady and one quarterback who has stared down Patrick Mahomes and beat him. Uh, so you have to put him in that conversation. We're talking about can C.J. Stroud become the next guy, Jordan Love, yeah. become the next quarterback to try it and make that run. Uh, it's a good debate, a healthy one for sure. We'll come back, take your thoughts on that. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. We'll also have Rod's thoughts behind the BOC, Burn Orange Curtain. And before the end of the hour, we'll get some what's popping. It's the fabulous fifth hour here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Good stuff on the text line. It says, uh, don't forget, guys, Texans played a last-place schedule last year. That's true. They'll play a first-place schedule. We talked about that last week. And the Texans do play the Cowboys this year. That's on the schedule to be in Arlington. I've already made the lobby for it to be on Thanksgiving, <laughs> two days or a day before the uh, Longhorns play the Aggies. That'd be quite the week. Oh, yeah. In the great state. Be nice. I like that. I like that idea. I love that idea, actually. It says, uh, Texans ascending. Cowboys already peaked and still a gap from the best in the NFC. This says, I'm with Ty. He is tripping. Texans had one good year. Well, sure. Yeah, they had one good year. But that with a, the youth of that team and the, the core of young players and a young coach, the expectation would be one good year turns into several really good years and a chance. And you talk about the five-year windows, Rod. If you don't screw it up. Yeah, when you have a young quarterback, especially one on a rookie deal that you don't have to pay for three or four more years, uh, if you draft properly, hit on the right free agents, make the right moves, you should be in the mix hey, over a five-year window. That's what we all thought as Cowboys fans after Dak Prescott's rookie year when he won 13 games and set the world on fire. I get it. Also won rookie of the year. You know, it's it's they can it, just let's see more. I want to see more. I think C.J. Stroud's a great great prospect. You know, played really well this year. Same with Will Anderson. I need to see it for more than one season. 
You're right about that. But, I mean, that's that's the conversation is – but we've seen it from the Bills and the Cowboys and now the Ravens for half a decade, and they haven't been able to kick the door. And the only team that was was Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about who's the next threat to the Chiefs. Uh, You know, and that's like the Niners are going away. Niners are going to come back and be a really good football team next year. And you know Kyle Shanahan is going to coach like hell to try to get him back there and and finish the deal. So uh, that's what makes the NFL so fascinating on a year-by-year basis is – you know, you're not supposed to do what the Chiefs are doing. You weren't supposed to be able to do what Tom Brady did Mm-mm. for 20 years. No. It's not the way the league is designed. It goes in cycles. It's built for five-year windows. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So, uh, good conversations there. By the way, uh, we did get some breaking news, Ty. Bre- breaking news. I'm trying to find, because our man C.B. Fenefis, 321 NFL players have been invited to the NFL scouting combine, Rod. 321. Okay. And I'm um, trying to count. By my count, okay, Texas has 11 players. Invited to the combine. Invited to the combine. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is pretty good. Three hundred and twenty-one players. So this is this is the these are essentially the players that they want to see, right? They want to mm-hmm. see these guys up close. We we'll watch them go through their their drills. They want to you know measure them and do medicals. And so it's uh, Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, uh, Jordan Whittington, Adnai Mitchell, and Xavier Worthy. Jatavion Sanders, Christian Jones, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford, Ryan Watts. Eleven Longhorns to the combine. That's yeah. a I mean, there was a couple years ago they didn't have any players going to come. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm a little surprised. I think Ryan Watts is probably the only surprise on that list to me. Yeah. That Ryan Watts made it. Well, that, um, that tells you that the NFL wants to get a look at his size and, you know, his speed. Because speed yeah. he, you can't coach the size and the long arms, right? They can, if no. you have a prospect like that, uh, rangy corner slash safety probably in the NFL. So we'll see. That's Ryan. There's no doubt he's a safety in the league. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I don't, I don't know how Texas didn't force the issue while he was at Texas for him to play safety. Uh, any surprise, yeah. Keelan Robinson? I mean, they just want to see his My outright speed. speed. Yeah, I yeah, just want to see him. Get a chance to run to 40. So that means two running backs, three receivers, a tight end. So six players on offense and then five players on the defensive side with the two tackles. Uh, actually, you know, four players on defense and seven on offense with Christian Jones, who some mm-hmm. people think is on the rise here after the work he had in the combo or at the uh, Senior Bowl. Yeah, he'll but, probably end up getting drafted around or two higher than people expected. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and Jalen Ford. Because I, the other thing is, I think all these guys have a chance to be really good at NFL players. I mean, Ryan Watts would be the biggest question mark and Keelan Robinson. But, man, I mean, we've talked about the high ceiling for, for, for Murphy and Sweat. Obviously, you know, our man Jatavion Sanders, JT, still learning to play the position. Mm-hmm. But, man, the athleticism is elite. Uh, hands are elite. I mean, he has a chance, if he gets in the right place, to be a hell of a player. And I think the NFL is, is fearful. What if the Chief just jump up and grab him and let him t- mentor under Travis Kelsey for a couple of years and then he takes the takes the mantle? You know that uh, our guy uh, Patrick Mahomes would love that. Yeah. Get a hold of a young J.T. Sanders. Mm-hmm. That would be a smart move. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It would, well, I think it would be smart for the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey is hinted at retirement and a lot of people believe that he's going to retire the next couple of years, even though he says he's coming back for that three-peat. Um, that if he does retire, I mean, think about how devastating that would be for the, the connection. I mean, that's the right now the best chemistry of any quarterback uh, receiver duo in the NFL right now is Travis Kelsey and uh, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, well, there's no and, better and group right now. I'll be interested to see how how because I, I, it's mixed reviews on JT Sanders and how high he'll go. But man, the the, the second tight end, the tight end, yeah, and Brock Bo- Brock Bowers will be the first without a doubt. Yeah. But you know, the question with JT is how he'll develop. But at the same time, I mean, these 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 tight ends are are impactful. They're hitting right. I mean, whether it's you know what George Kittle has done. Obviously, you know Sam Laporta in with the Detroit Lions. It's the guy that's in the second round. I mean, these, this has become a a prime position in the National Football League, and everybody's looking for one. Yes, they are. Everybody's looking for one. Gosh, we just mentioned the Texans. Texans would be looking for a tight end because Dalton Schultz was a one-year player for them. You wonder if they're looking for a you know a long-term answer that that position for a guy like C.J. Stroud. You know, the the Cowboys did a great job of getting Jake Ferguson in the fourth round. And he's turned into a heck of a player. That was a good call by Ty. So, yeah, I mean, I, because he is the second guy and Brock Bowers is going to be gone pretty early, you wonder just how, 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 how early someone's willing to take a chance on J.T. Sanders. Well, it won't even be – I mean, honestly, I don't think it even would be an issue about, like, the, the value of the position or anything like that. Brock Bowers is going to go so high. Yep. A lot of projections have him going fifth overall, have him going to San Diego, I think. I sorry, San Diego, but L.A. Chargers. So – He's going to go so high where it won't even really affect, I think, J.T. Sanders. It'll all be about how many scouts have fallen in love with J.T. Sanders. 
um, in that second round there, or is somebody willing to trade up to go get him, a guy like JT Sanders. But I'm I'm with you. I think JT Sanders is going to be a great pro. Uh, I actually, oh, man, there are like two or three systems I think he'd be perfect for, uh, JT Sanders. But you go look at one of the common, I would say one of the commonalities between all these really good teams who've made runs late in the playoffs, they all are good tight ends. <laughs> you yeah, can, exactly right. And that's you can why hunt I, matchups with really good tight ends, man. Well, that's where I wonder could could JT Sanders even sneak into the back end of the first round? Or it's a possible. Team, or a team like the Chiefs depends on the workouts. Yeah, if his if his workouts are comparable to Brock Bowers. Yep. Yes. For sure, uh, because we it also be. saw Dalton Kincaid to the Bills, and really he came on as the year went on. It was last year was a great tight end draft. Oh, Laporta. Yeah. Yeah, this one's a little lesser than, but at the same time. Um, the, that's what I'm saying. If, if you're really on the hunt for one, you may have to take one at the end of the first round just to make sure you get him because he might not be there the next time you come around. I think there's a, a significant drop-off after that, J- that's exactly Brock right. and JT, too. That's like a right. significant one. That would, be, that would be my thought. So maybe, yeah. again, if you're and we really want to target a tight end here, if we don't take him now, we ain't getting him. <laughs> yeah, we that's won't my see thing him about – like, I don't think Kansas City's going to go both uh, tight end, developmental project, and wide receivers at the end of the first and top of the second. That's just not the way Brett Feach operates. He's not going to go all in on offense like that. So I, it, it'll be, I think he'll go one or the other. Yeah, so they, you could get a Longhorn drafted by Kansas City, but I think he'll be either a wide out or the tight end. I don't think you get both. Correct. He's not going to do well, both. Well, that also, you know, the draft happens at the very end. You wonder how they address it in free agency and possibly for a trade for a receiver yeah. as well. So, I mean, they could go into the draft with a whole different idea yeah, of what they're looking great for. Point. Uh, they, they may say, you know, we feel like we're, we're good at wide receiver. It's, we can take a JT. It's Sanders. easier to find a wide receiver than it is for a tight end. Like, it, you, the wide receiver is the deepest position in football. So, if you're just thinking like Brett Veach from a value perspective, you'd most likely try to – Trying to f- try to fill those roster spots for wide receivers earlier, even through free agency, yep. you can do that, and you know you can do it even later in the draft. The tight end position, though, a guy like a JT Sanders, those guys do not come ar- come come along at the tight end position very often. So I could see them, just like you said, e maybe a team taking a chance on a JT late in the first, just because of the the, the tight end position is just not a lot of capable humans who have the the the, the measurements. Yeah, to, I, I, to play that position, right, and you just can't and coach. Be a matchup. You can't coach that five star ability. I mean, no, the guy's just a huge exactly. talent. Yeah. He's a huge talent. He might be raw, but man, you're that's what you're looking. You're projecting in the National Football League, yeah. and you're right. If the drop off is from the, from the two tight end to the three, that dramatic. Whereas it's a deep as hell receiver it, class. Exactly, it's deep as hell. You can go find a good yeah. quality receiver yeah. in the third round potentially. Uh, that'll be interesting because I think he could be a, a riser once we get closer to April. That. Uh, along with Byron Murphy, and we'll see with Tavondre Sweat's weights and Xavier Worthy's speed. A.D. Mitchell's got to run a good 40 for sure. Jalen Ford all going to the combine. All right, with that in mind, there's some Texas football talk right as we roll into behind that burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's get into some uh, Texas football conversation. Uh, something I talked about this earlier relates to the um, the corn dog play by Andy Reid. Love that play. He loves it so much. Hell, he called it to help him win two Super Bowls. So I imagine it's among one of his all-time uh, favorite plays too. Uh, here is the, uh, the the audio. Uh, we'll play it here in just a second. The audio of Andy Reid breaking down that play to one Peter King. Um, but it actually got me got me thinking about Sark. Sark loves return motion. That's essentially what you get out of that corn dog uh, for that corn dog concept is return motion. You get a guy going in motion prior to the snap, and then he returns to the the, the area wh- where he vacated. Right, the area where it was once vacated, he returns. And the reason that this is such a conundrum for defenders, and you can almost see it when Shavarius Ward is trying to pass off that route in coverage, you're going to pass off that motion. And they were trying to bump the motion, meaning bump the coverage with the motion, bump defenders in coverage. So the corner is going to pass it off to the nickelback inside, and the nickelback is going to take that motion all the way across the formation, or he's going to bump it off to the next defender. Now that's got to be communicated down the line. And the reason that the return motions or the corn dog works so well is because it just violates the rules of coverage. All right, rules of coverage, you're going to pass that guy off. So the first defender who initially had him in coverage, which was a cornerback, he doesn't even worry about him once he passes him off. 
Once he bumps that cover, he's like, oh, he's not even my responsibility anymore. I'm not even looking at that guy. And I think the key to defending the corn dog is your eyes. Look, think about the Philadelphia corners and think about that San Francisco corner. Once they let the motion, once they assume the motion is going to bump to the next defender, their eyes never go back to the motion guy. And the key is if you, if you and this is how I would coach it up if I, was a play, if I was a coach, I need your eyes to confirm that he's going away. You have to confirm it with your eyes. Because um, if you don't confirm with your eyes and he ends up returning back to the area where he vacated, then because they have violated the rules of coverage, Nobody has responsibility for that guy. Essentially, Andy Reid's corn dog leaves a loophole in your coverage. <laughs> and the loophole is, well, that guy had him. Well, no, no, no. Actually, you have him because he was in your zone. But he's like, yeah, but you passed him off. You already communicated that he's passed off. So once you communicate that he's passed off, the corner says, he's not my responsibility anymore. So the cornerback's eyes go to the next read or to the next key. And I think the best way to defend corn dog is confirmation with your eyes. You gotta have that. You gotta have sight confirmation. Anyway, if that corner follows that that motion, that return motion with his eyes, it automatically takes him right back to the return motion guy. It automatically goes right back to him. And act, and actually, the corner ends up in no man's land. Ends up guarding no one because Travis Kelsey ends up going straight up the field, and essentially they almost form a bracket on Kelsey instead of actually defending the return motion. That extra defender ends up forming a bracket on Kelsey. If you go watch it, Kelsey, he never even turns around. He never, he never even looks for the football. He, 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 he didn't even run a route where he thinks he's getting the ball. So what does that tell you? It's a one-read throw. They, they, they scheme open and build that, that concept in because it's a – and you're going to hear Andy Reid talk about it here in a second. I, I describe it differently than Andy Reid, um, but it's a wide window first read for the quarterback, which means if that corner confirms the motion with his eyes, it'll take him right back to the return motion. And that play not only is, isn't open, it's probably a pick six. Or Patrick Mahomes has to tuck it and keep it because that guy's never open. But the defenders, they never confirm it with their eyes. They always end up basically passing off that guy to the next defender, and then you have what's lost in communication, the loophole, where nobody's responsible for that return motion guy. Because, well, Coach, he has him because I passed him off in coverage. And the coverage defender says, well, well, Coach, I never received the man. I never received the offensive player. So I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any responsibility in coverage either. So how is that possible? The two defenders, and either one, both of them are right, and both of them are also wrong. Yeah, that's how good Andy Reid is. Yep. <laughs> that's the loophole. Running that's why. Back I, to back Super yes, Bowls. exactly. That's the loophole against really good defenses, against really good defenders. They still end up finding the same loophole. They have to confirm with their eyes. Um, but then Andy Reid's gonna find a trust me. He'll have another adaptation to it that also uh, c- can be a counter key for the 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 cornerback who is trying to confirm it with his eyes. But the only way to defend that route. It's with the eyes of the cornerback. And the eyes of the cornerback always go away once that receiver goes away and they think they're bumping that motion uh, in coverage, which sometimes they tango it. Tango is an inside-outside cut. Me see the outside defender is going to take the outside cut and the inside defender will take the inside cut. So you can tango it or you can, you can rock and roll it, as they call it. So we're going to rock and roll this coverage and bump it all the way over. And the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers were both playing it the same way. They were bumping it. They were going to rock and roll the coverage. And it, wasn't, it wasn't a tango because a tango, the corner will be outside waiting on that route. Because a tango is an outside defender taking the outside cut. They never tango it. They always bump it. And I wonder if Andy Reid just knows, oh, these teams are going to bump that coverage. They're, they're not going to either tango. Tango comes from a lot of teams who run man, and they just decide, you know, we're going to run man on these two clustered receivers. And that never happens. It is, it, it's a brilliant concept. But I'm just telling you as a defender, how, what's the best way for you to defend it and communicate in coverage? So here is Andy Reid. He was talking to Peter King about it. And this is kind of the part that, that comes back to Sark here. Um, here's, and this actually, this does matter for Texas. Cause remember I talked about how Texas, they struggle defending closely clustered groups of receivers. Um, this is essentially what Andy Reid did. He brought that receiver in. He brought a McCole Hardman in close essentially to create a bunch to concept. But here's Andy Reid talking about the actual game winning play. He calls it corn dog, but he put a little extra mustard and ketchup on that. Tiger 12. So that puts McColl in. 
and two tight ends, one running back. Yeah. Tom and Jerry Wright, one-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way plays, but this is it. Yep. And it's gun, trips right, bunch, F shuttle. Okay. And that gives you a little corn dog with some, what, some let me ask you this. What, what, what <laughs> is the what is the part of that play that denotes the motion? The shuttle. X shuttle. Okay, shuttle. All right. Easy X. Okay. Easy X. And if you'll notice he said this is a I think he calls it one way. It's a one way, which means there's no progression. There's no progression read. I'm not going from uh, A, B, C to D. There's no progression read. In the NFL, that's rare. Usually you got a progression. You got built-in fail-safes, hot routes. There are different keys the quarterback will need to read prior to the snap, not on this play. It was a first read, wide window throw, as I call it. But he calls it a one-way throw, which means there's only one thing for the quarterback to do. I'm ske- I scheme this guy open. need to deliver the ball on time and accurately. That's all you got to do. On time and accurate. And by the way, I've described Quinn Ewers. Those are his best throws. When Sark schemes open, a first read, wide window throw. I don't need Quinn going through progressions. He ain't even really got to worry about his technique when he drops back. He ain't got to worry about his fundamentals or his footwork. Nope, I need you to deliver the ball on time, on the money, to this guy. And I'm guaranteeing he's going to be wide blank open. That's what, that's what basically Andy Reid did there too. And that's what, and I, I would, I would actually even like to start to start using more corn dog concepts in the red zone. Think about it, Texas was 120th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. They were really bad, all right. And I've seen Sark use return motion a lot, actually, even in the, on the goal line and in the red zone. I've seen him use it. I think he should start using it more, yeah, because it works all the time. And targets to motion, one of Sark's favorite concepts. 10.2 yards per attempt this past season, over 78% completion percentage when you were targeting a player who was in motion prior to the snap or at the time of the snap. In 2022, same thing. 10 yards per attempt, over 81% completion percentage. In 2021, maybe with some, some uh, jag quarterbacks, it's not as good. Nope, still 8.4 yards per attempt, 81% completion percentage. More targets to motion, more corn dog concepts from Sark in the red zone. That's what he can take from Andy Reid. Love it. There it is, our man, Rod Babers, behind the BOC. Andy Reid, do, do you like corn dogs? Oh, hell yeah, I love corn yeah, dogs. Yeah, I want them crispy, though. I don't like a soft corn dog. Yeah, I only eat corn dogs at the fair. That's oh, it. yeah, they fry them up good, don't they? Fletcher's. I don't think I've ever eaten a corn dog not at the fair. Really? As a grown adult. Oh, you never had a house corn dog, corn dog from the house? No. We never, oh. Never made them here. <laughs> oh, you might be missing out, man. I do Not like that. All right, uh, Ty, are you a corn dog guy? What do you think? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yes. You love them. <laughs> you, love them. You, you love corn more, dogs. More you when I was younger. Boat, son I, of a... I, the, my most recent corn dogs, like you said, a year, usually at the fair. I get two before, two after. Um, but I do have usually, you know, six or seven of the frozen ones in, in, in my freezer ready to go. Oh, Wrap them up in t- paper towel. Like you said, mm-hmm. the sogginess factor isn't it, – it, it gets to me too, Rod. So, I'd, yeah. It's not my – if I'm in a pinch, yeah, a corn dog's amazing. A little ketchup. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm going to mustard on my corn dog. All right. We'll come yeah. back. When we do, we'll get some what's popping. Do you like corn dogs? It's uh, Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. I can put the ball in the end zone, put a bad in the friend zone. Oh, man, hook him up with E and Rod B. Rolls on into the What's Popping segment. And that means what's coming up tonight. What are we watching? What are we doing? We had a great NBA last night. Rockets, Spurs, and Mavericks all won. Uh, Ty, last week, Rod asked the question, is Luka Doncic emerging as a favorite for the MVP? Where are you on Luka? Had another triple-double last night. Told you, man. Uh, put up, put up. I, I argue they got to get out you know, higher than the eighth seed here. they got to move up if he's going to be legitimately five in that in a conversation. Row. They exactly. Have one five straight, and no, yeah, they, they got to kick it in gear here. The trades you know, the they NBA. made are huge in my mind. Did you like those trades? Oh yeah. Getting, uh, I have a personal connection to Grant Williams. He's one of my my good friends who played basketball at Tennessee. They're they're still really close. So I've met him a few times. So it's, it was sad to see him go, but I didn't realize there was a fraction in the locker room and that he was not very well liked. And he really hadn't been playing very well this year too. So he hadn't been playing. Getting getting PJ Washington, who's you know way more athletic, can defend, can do a lot more offensively as well, and rim run. Um, I think that's huge. And then Daniel Gafford, who was kind of the last you know 
the side piece they got has played even better to this point. I mean, he had 17 rebounds, five blocks, 12 points last night. That's I don't think a Dallas center has done that all year. Yeah, well, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, you're, I mean, the numbers are there. And it's funny, I was listening to – J.J. Redick has a podcast, Rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, it's real good. And he had Luke on uh, during the Super Bowl, and it was real good. And they were talking about something we've talked about, just the, the, how the scoring is up yep. and how offense is dominating. And, you know, Luca was – Luca said, you know, I don't know that the hand-checking would be that big a deal. Um, because, remember, Luca was famous for saying it was, it was e- easier to score – 20 in the NBA than it was in Europe yeah. uh, when he got over here. Um, and he said the biggest issue is the defensive three seconds. Yeah. He said, you know, the fact that there is defensive three seconds. He said, if I've got a guy isolated and I know at some point within three seconds that defender's going to have to move out of the lane. Makes my job I just, I just wait, and as soon as, he, as soon as he clears the lane, I go. Yep. Uh, if, if there wasn't that rule, uh, it would be much more difficult. That would be a rules mm-hmm. change that could bring scoring down. Uh, but they won't. And he also pointed out just how – you know, elite the, uh, the the offensive skill talent is in the league right now. It, it, it is. It's ridiculously talented uh, with what they've got going in the National Football and the NBA right now. Just skill uh, to score the basketball. Yep. But we'll see. So there was good hoops. And last night you had Victor Wenbanyama with his second triple-double, hit 10-block game. Is that guy going to win defensive player of the year? I mean, who's in, I, mean I know it's a good conversation, but he's he, uh, he got the stats to back it up. I think I think Gobert probably again. No one ever Again. talks about him. He's he is insane. What he does, he's the most disliked player in the NBA. But what he does on the, the, deep, the deep side player. of the floor, he he's he 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 does what you're saying, where he can get out of the lane, but he has the length and the athletic ability, which Wimby does too. I just think both Frenchmen, which is funny, but Gobert just a little bit more experience, bigger. I I, I doubt he. I doubt Wimby gets it. Mm-hmm. You doubt Wemby gets it. Okay, well, there'll yeah. be some NBA. Yeah, Wemby's at 3.2 blocks per game. And he's getting better at it. I mean, he's 10 blocks last night. Rudy Gobert's at 2.1. Okay, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm, I haven't, I'm, di- I haven't, di- this, I haven't I'm, dived into the stats. I know. I'm, I'm just I'm looking just at the, the numbers. Pe- for me. People are not looking at the numbers, really, because I'm just like, the numbers say that he's got a shot at it. The, well, that's uh, the Spurs thought. are also the one team I can't watch every night because I have League Pass, which I can watch the Mavericks on this year, which, which is weird. I don't know how that works because it's usually mm-hmm. blacked out in Austin, but the Spurs are yeah. blacked out here, so I I literally watch every other team besides the Spurs. So I, I'm probably not oh, the right person there. Wimby's averaging, Wimby's averaging 1.1 steals per game and 3.2 blocks. Yeah, He's, he's combined right now averaging damn near four and a half blocks and steals per game. Yeah, it is. Rudy, this is what we thought Rudy Gobert's be. at three and a half. We, we all said it, you know, he can immediately be a huge factor on the defensive end, and he has been. Yeah. And some nights he puts the offense together when he's got a favorable matchup. He's got to get stronger, and he will continue to do that. Uh, he's going to be phenomenal. I think he's got a shot at it. I, I do, too. Think. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. With uh, They just don't win enough games. <laughs> kind of like there the Mavericks. That's true. They don't win you argue your defense is not effective because y'all don't win no games. Yeah. yeah, and it's not his fault. I mean, they don't have very many good players. And they're tanking for another great, great draft pick where they can add one more piece. Like a guard that can go, mm-hmm. or a scorer that can go with him. Then all of a sudden, can you imagine if you get a really, you know, talented perimeter wing player that Ooh. you go, you go, uh, you play inside out with that yeah, dude, inside out, high Ooh. pick and like the pick and roll game with him. Oh man, Does he gets stronger. He's yeah. so skilled. That's a nightmare fuel. Yeah, you get. I mean, if they, if they hit on that next guy, I mean, that, remember that was when that was when Shaq and Kobe, right? You had Shaq mm-hmm. and Kobe. What are you doing? You got the most dominant interior presence with the best player. It's like you can't stop that. I agree. Um, that's that's just complete domination. Trey um, Young. Trey Young. Ooh, interesting. That's that's know. what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Trey Young is going to be traded either to the Spurs or the Lakers. So keep an eye on that. And that'd be popping. the one thing Trey Young. He he is the wor- actually the worst defensive player in the league. He can score with the best of them. Put him next to Wimmy. He might be able to hide some of that. Yeah, Wimby's the only player in the NBA averaging over three blocks a game and over a steal a game. He's the only player in the yeah, league. Yeah, he'll be rookie of the year for sure, and he might be defensive well, rookie, player yeah, of the I year. Think he might well. be, that's what I'm I think he should be defensive player of the year, too. I, yeah. That's a lot of impact right there. It's a lot of impact, dude. Well, what's he, he's over three blocks a game, you said. 3.2. I mean, is this guy gets better. He could have a five-block-a-game season. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think we just I think everybody just giving it to Gobert because Gobert always does it. I think right now he's playing defense as well as Gobert is. I would also say uh, what's popping tonight, NBA, uh, uh, college basketball, the Big 12. That was a great game last night. Not a great game. It was a blowout. Texas Tech blew Kansas out. Bill Self got ejected for the first time since he's been at Kansas. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> How is that the first time? Yeah. He's been there forever. He's been there forever. That's the first time he's ever been thrown out of a game as the coach I, of Kansas. That's wild. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be watching some college hoops tonight. Longhorns, of course, taking that week off. Biggest game in the Big 12 is 8 o'clock tonight. Baylor in Waco hosting Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting game right there. Longhorns off this week until they play Houston on Saturday. Rod, have a great Tuesday, my friend. You too, brother. Great show. Good stuff Thanks, right Ty. there. Thank Good you, Ty. You back, Thanks for, yeah, glad you're back. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. We'll do it tomorrow morning again, 6 a.m. Jim Rome Show coming next. Rich Eisen and then the Sports Complex with Patrick and the crew coming your way at 4 o'clock. Hook up with Ian Rodby.